Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to His Word being preached. Kind of a central, central kind of part of, of today's message is, is to keep it simple. And uh, I'm glad God told me that beforehand because I would not have known where to go from here <laughs> if, uh, um, if I didn't hear God in, in that. Because um, there's just so much of things going on, just so much to be thankful for. Like, and and where, where do we go? Where do we go from here? And uh, I'm going to pray for us. Um, and uh, I want to ask you to pray there specifically also for me. That, uh, that I do keep it simple this morning. Um, Father, I want to thank you for your presence here that is so precious. I mean, even though you are everywhere this morning, God, we, we just feel your closeness so, so tangible almost. Thank you for family. We thank you for your love that lives inside of us, which can flow to one another. And I pray, God, this morning that you would Help me to just convey your word, convey your message here this morning truthfully to your word and also to your specific time here for this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, okay good morning again. Um, my name is Jan George. If you're visiting us, I'm uh, one of the pastors here. I'm assistant pastor. Pastor Henny is, uh, I, I, I told him, not this week, the week before, the staff meeting, I told him and Rochelle, your leave is approved for last week, for this week. <laughs> so I, I obliged them to go and leave this week, <laughs> and which turned out to be a good week because, um, um, because of his birthday on Friday and their anniversary and all, and all of that. I want to talk about now what? And I want to start by thanking you as a congregation as well as... Um, the guys that are now in Santon. If you're visiting us, we, we launched a new church plant last week officially. And uh, it's been an amazing journey over the last 10, 11 years um, up until this point of where our congregation basically started with a few, with a small group and, and grew to, a, to, a, to where we are now and where we are now in a position where we've planted another church. But now kind of, now what? And uh, if, if, you, if you've had a child before, um, you know that once, you're, gonna, you're, ex, you're expectant, literally, for nine months, or at least your wife is. Um, and, and, and the thing is, and then the baby comes, and it's like a wow moment. Then the baby and the mom comes home from the hospital, and now what? Now you need to keep this baby alive. <laughs> um, you, you need to feed this child. You need to change the nappies. You need to wake up in the middle of the night. Um, and, and somewhere along the line, you and your wife kind of need, need to figure out what is the new normal. Now, obviously, it's not that drastic with the church plant. But in a sense, the, the Santon church plant is kind of a first fruit for our congregation in terms of church planting. And in, in a sense, it is a little bit of a birthing moment, and it is a young church plant. Yeah, so there are going to be times when we need to pitch in there, but at the same time, they'll also still 
pitch in on this side as well. Okay, so I want to just have a little bit of a conversation about now what, and it's not really aimed at the multiplication as much as it's just aimed at keeping things simple. Um, so read with me from Matthew, from Matthew 22, where Jesus talks about this command. It says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And Henny and I kind of speak about this often is that within a church community, or as an individual even, we need a healthy balance of an upward relationship with God, which is really the only one that can kind of be out of balance in in this context. Upwards with God, inwards towards community, and outwards to the world. We need a a healthy healthy balance of that. Um, If your upwards relationship with God is intact, it should flow out towards the inward relationship with one another as well as outwards to the world. And, um, and it really gets summed up in this, like, love, love God, love your neighbor. Give your neighbor an elbow and say, I love you. Yeah, some of you is like, but he's not my neighbor. Okay. Um, it's okay. Um, Jesus has this conversation um, in Luke. In Luke ten, actually, another like a, a, they'd say an expert in the law comes to Jesus and asks asks him, um, like, how do, how do I inherit eternal life? And and Jesus says, okay, well, how do you uh, how do you understand it? What do you what do, what do you read in it? Um, and he and he and he also goes through the law um, and. What, it, what Jesus says is, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And then he says, well, love, love God, love your neighbor. And interestingly enough, his, his, his response is, he, he's trying to, the, the expert in the law is trying to justify himself. He's like, but, but who is my neighbor? And uh, that's where Jesus kicks off the parable of the Good Samaritan. Um, where there was the guy, the, like all the characters, sounds like a bad joke. There's a priest, a Levite, a bad guy, and, and a Samaritan. Um, all right, so he, he goes through the whole Good Samaritan conversation with him, and he asks him, okay, who, who, which one of these were actually his neighbor? And in, obviously, I love how Jesus has these conversations with people because he doesn't just go straight for an answer. He just asks him, and he engages him to kind of just think through it themselves. And uh, I love doing that with people as well. Um, if you hang around me a little bit and we, you minister with me either wherever, I normally ask questions. And people hate me for it, but they ask me a question and I ask them a question back. Um, but my, my heart's intent in a lot of that is I can give you a fish now or I can teach you how to fish and you can fish for the rest of your life at, or by yourself. So that's a lot often why I kind of answer often with, with a question. I'm just, I'm just doing what Jesus did. Um, okay, so who's your neighbor is, is 
as anybody really. Okay? Yes, there's a physical neighbor and there's a neighbor at work, that guy that kind of invades your space, personal space invader, um, that is like overflowing into your desk or, or wherever that is. And uh, the, the point is we need to love everybody in community and outside of community. And the difficult thing is often for us is we like to hang with the people that are like us and think like us. Because it's easier to love your neighbor as yourself if they are like yourself. (laughs) It's more difficult to love somebody as yourself if they are not quite like yourself. Am I I losing some of you? Some of you are like, okay, what did you just say? (laughs) Point being is love God, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, all of us that are sitting here are either, either, either seeking truth or no truth. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. Or somebody might have propped you into their car and brought you here and smuggled you in here. But that's maybe the exception. Um, And the thing is, is that we all, in in, in one degree or another, we love God. And the thing is, another degree or another, you wouldn't be here if you did not love yourself. Let me qualify you love yourself enough to try and get the answer about what is going to happen after this life. You love yourself enough to know that you want eternal life. Sounds like it rhymes, like, like a rap going here. It wasn't intended. Okay, so you have, you're confronted with two choices. It's either choose that Jesus already paid the penalty on the cross for you and you don't have to suffer eternally and therefore you choose life. Why do we choose life? Because you love yourself. You don't want to die. Okay? And yes, there's, you're loving God and, and there's a whole big exchange, but, but in essence. So you love yourself enough not to allow yourself to go to hell. Amen? Okay. Do you love your neighbor enough to not allow them to go to hell? Not that easy, right? Now, I'm not saying you must go around work and your neighborhood and go bash everybody with the Bible, okay? It's not effective. Um, So, ask the question, but how can I effectively reach my community? How can I effectively reach people around me? How can I effectively love this congregation? How can I effectively love the person in my small group or my wife or my daughter or my children? How, how can I best live that out in all of its capacity? All right, keeping it simple. Love God, love your neighbor. Okay, so that's a great, that, that's like the whole conversation about the greatest commandment, okay, is, is, is love God, love your neighbor. And uh, like Jesus often uses the law um, when, he, when he's in conversation with, with people, um, and, and in the, in the, I want to say modern day charismatic church, we, we kind of try and say, oh, I hear these words often. Um, just, just don't become religious. Just don't give me the law. I'm like, why not? Jesus, like Jesus used the law. Okay. Yes. We can't attain our salvation by trying to keep the law, but Jesus never came to disqualify 
the law. But he kind of sums it up in love God, love your neighbor. If you really love God, you won't worship other gods. If you really love other people, you won't steal from them. You won't kill them. That kind of a thing. Okay, you will always have their best interests at heart. Here's a question. Here's a test. And I told this to the students on Friday as well at lunch hour church. Here's a test. How do you know whether you love God? Any takers? The students, if you were there, don't answer. Fantastic. I can move on. Thank you, Ian. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, I haven't got it up there, but John 14, verse 23, Jesus has a conversation with his disciples and saying, by your obedience, you will, people will know that you, let me read it for you, paraphrasing terribly there. Okay. Um, it's, if you're writing down, it's John 14, verse 23. Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and he will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words and the word that you hear is not mine but the father's who sent me. 1 John 2 verse 2 to 5, no, 1 John 2 verse 5 to 6 says the same thing basically, just in other words, likewise, you who are younger, be subject to elders. That doesn't seem right. That's Peter. Sorry, that's the wrong one. Okay, I went to Peter, not to John. Um, but it says the same thing. It says, if you love me, you'll obey me, and you will become like Jesus. You will do what Jesus did. All right, so that's a test for us. If we say we love him. I remember having a colleague while I was doing articles, and... Um, he did more damage to the kingdom of God in the workplace than any good by calling himself a Christian. And, and it was one of those, like, I'd, I'd be ministering to Muslims and Hindus and, um, and, and Jock, who's also here with us in the congregation, will know, and, and Kurt, you might know him as well. Um, it's just, you, there's, there's, it's, sometimes it's easier to minister to somebody that is just outright not a Christian than to somebody that calls themselves a brother, but the fruit and what's coming out of your mouth and what, what you're saying at other times, just those things just doesn't match up. Um, somebody who's outwardly a Christian but doesn't really have a living relationship with God. Um, and, it's, and it's an important check for us sometimes. And I want to kind of give you just something, give that scripture to you. Like if, if you encounter people like that, and we encounter people like that often, there's people that they say are Christian, but you just see the fruit of their life. There's no, you don't see, you don't pick up any life there. To, to ask a question, do you love God? I can guarantee you they're going to answer yes. And then ask, can we test that theory? <laughs> um, from Scripture. And you can read that Scripture together. Um, obviously not in, a, not in like a condescending, break you down kind of a way. Just, just in a, in a loving, loving way. I want to read one or two more scriptures, and then I want to just share some stories um, before I read the next scripture. What is, what is the work of an evangelist? What is ev an evangelist role? I expected, I expected that answer. What does Ephesians 4 verse 11 to 13 say about the fivefold ministry? What is their job? Fivefold ministry, pastors, prophets, teachers, is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. 
Now, often people look at me, especially when I'm up, up in the pulpit, and they kind of think, oh, okay, he's maybe an evangelist, and maybe there's a little bit of that in me. But my work is not to go and evangelize. My work is to help you to evangelize. Amen? And also to evangelize, because it's, the Scripture goes, again, fivefold ministry is given to the, for the equipping of the saints. So the fivefold is also part of the saints. So we also do the same. So in terms of what is the role of a pastor is, yes, is to equip the saints to pastor, but also to pastor. Amen? Okay, so I'm going to be sharing a little bit, a lot of testimonies about just reaching out. Hopefully inspiring you. Hopefully that it doesn't come across in a condescending way. And actually I'm just saying, this is, this is what we're doing. Come along, let's do this. Um, and let's tell the world about let's tell the world about Jesus. Okay, so we we looked at the command. Now we're looking at the commission. Matthew Matthew twenty verse eighteen to twenty says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything. I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the ends of the earth. And, and I want to say that going and trying to make disciples without loving people is dangerous, is, can be destructive even. We come to people and we say, get your life in order. Jesus didn't say there... Um, and they will be made disciples or go to those who are like you and talk to them about Jesus. He says, go and make them, meaning that they are not. So often we go into the world and we expect the world to be like the church, but they don't have God, so how can they be like Christ? So don't go into the world and expect them to be like Christ if they don't have Christ. Um, anyway, just, just wanted to just talk to you about the, the, the Great Commission. Okay, so we are, when we go and make disciples, we need to do it out of a place of love. I want to say that you, if you have not one tool in your toolbox in order to, how do I convey the, the gospel message? That is okay if you have love. You can say all the wrong things at all the right times, but if people register love, it opens up the door. Um, so don't feel like you have to be like overqualified and have done share and have gone on missions before you can actually tell somebody about the gospel. It is important to, to understand the essence of the gospel. Don't, don't misunderstand me. If you don't understand the gospel, it's going to be difficult to, to, to give somebody the gospel. Um, but at the same time, what, what, did, what did these people do here in the front? They testified of what? Something they experienced, something that they witnessed. And that is, that is kind of the, the easy part um, in the sense of that God just wants us to just go and tell people our stories. How did you meet Christ? Why did you give your life to Christ? And yes, there are going to be questions from people coming back and you don't know how to answer all of those questions. And that is okay. But I have found, generally speaking, we often we choose to remain quiet because we disqualify ourselves. 
We've disqualified ourselves even before we got onto the field. Like we run under the fullback's feet even before we have actually done it. Okay, if you missed, it, I'm talking about last week's Super Rugby final. Okay, like that guy got red card, disqualified. Never mind. <laughs> okay, coming back. Keep it simple. <laughs> okay. Okay, I want to read you this one scripture, and then I want to share you some testimonies, some stories. Colossians 4, from verse 2, says, it says there further instructions, but it's really just, just the subheading within the, within the letter that Paul wrote. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ. For which I am in chains. Pray that I might proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And um, I want to. Sounds like a kitten. <laughs> Um, sorry coming back hey keep it simple yes and don't get distracted all right often when we read this this specific scripture we 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 kind of stop at the end of verse four um paul's kind of instruction to to devote yourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful those things we're quite quite happy to do we, we, we understand, yes, we should pray and we should be watchful. Why, why should we be watchful? Because there's an enemy that would want to destroy, okay? Uh, not want to go into detail there. Be thankful, okay? Worship, be thankful. Thank God. Um, and pray for us too. So we, we, all, we often we're comfortable to pray for the people out there. You guys praying for us so that we can proclaim the message of Christ more clearly or when people go on missions. We're comfortable to pray for the people that are going, which is important and, and that's great. And thank you guys for praying. Um, keep doing it. Um, but there from verse 5 onwards, the implication is that as we pray that other people will also make the message communicate the message clearly, the implication is, is that we also need to do the same. Read there in verse 5. Be wise in the way that you act toward outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt. What does salt do, by the way? Taste, and it preserves. Makes you thirsty. Anybody that had biltong this, this winter, um, you'll know it makes you thirsty, okay? Um, and what does it make you, th- in this context, what would it make you thirsty for? Water, living water. Um, so often, we want to bring people the water without them actually realizing the need for the water. Yeah. All right, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Now, Last week, um, the Tanzania team was still here. They left last week Sunday evening, so they were here for 
just over a week, and and we went to minister with them at different places. So a lot of it was, a lot of the mission was focused on outreach, uh, intercession, and then also exposure to small groups because they are considering um, how they can do small groups. How, how can they um, look at? say, bettering their discipleship in a, in a deeper way. So, so we gave them a little bit of exposure just to a lot of our small groups, and, and you guys didn't even know it. Um, I didn't give you guys a heads up because I just wanted you guys to just live life the way you're doing it, how you are doing small group, and, and they can just have a taste of it. So Pastor Henny and I, we had other sessions with them during the week. But now we're reaching out, and uh, we go to Wits, Wits uh, University. And we have, um, and we break up into groups of three, and, and I want to just, just, uh, just make a disclaimer here. Evangelism is not supposed to be primarily like cold calling. Okay, hey, can I, can I chat to you about Jesus? Um, that's, that's great, but I believe it's not the most effective way. Okay, uh, but at the same time, some people do get reached with the gospel of Christ that way. Lester, can you say amen? Thank you. Um, if if it wasn't for guys that do go out um, there are some people who might never get into a relationship with Christ okay so there's room for for both and and most of us are sitting here because either we kind of grew up in church or we have a friend who invited us relational evangelism is the most effective way Okay, so even, even the people that we don't have a relationship with, that we reach out to, if we don't intend to maintain a relationship with them or connect them with somebody else that will maintain a relationship with them, we are going to perhaps do some damage. Because we need to not only lead people to Christ, we need to help them to walk with Christ as well. Amen? Okay, so we're reaching out on, the, on Vitz campus and we have this conversation. I, I, I give the guys a heads up. Um, now, they come from Tanzania, so most, and, and Hanu will kind of testify to this because he led the mission there last year, is they have a lot of their, um, of their culture, in a, in a sense, is, is, is either, it's either Islam or it's Christianity. So their biggest, when they reach out, they kind of know, have to know the ins and the outs of, of, of Islam, and, and, and they do. Um, so the way that you, you come into, into our to a university, Wits University year, and how you do it at a university in Tanzania is going to look a little bit different, okay? The gospel remains the gospel, but how you engage with the person is going to look different. For example, we talked to this one, there was a, a guy and a girl sitting, and uh, so what, what I loved about the Tanzania team is just, they're just overflowing with love. You know, their, their heart's intent is amazing, and therefore they cross they cross barriers very quickly into, into a conversation. They can come into a conversation, hey, can I tell you about Jesus? Um, and the one person says, no, I don't want to hear anything. And, and they kind of like, oh, I didn't, respect, I, didn't, I didn't expect that. But other people were like, yeah, what, what is it? Where, where, I, where I've learned in a lot of our culture, you need to take a, you need to <laughs> you just, just come in with a little bit of an angle. <laughs> Um, so, yes, thank you. As gentle as a dove and as sly as a serpent. Um, so you come and, and, and 
uh, asked, asked the, the, the two sitting there, hi, can, can you mind if we, we chat to you guys? And she's like, well, what it's about? Um, well, we've got this team from Tanzania. If you say a foreign country, people's like, oh, that's amazing. Um, and, and they're like, yeah, yeah. And but they, obviously they're waiting for the bottom line, okay? But um, I'm kind of just working my way towards it. And, and anyway, long conversation, short. Um, who of you are familiar with Shembe religion? Shembe. That was my reaction. Exactly. I didn't know. Okay, so the one guy said, no, he goes to Shembe church. I'm like, okay, what, is, what does it mean? Um, so that's where the first time I kind of, um, or I'll explain now what it means. And we're with this lady. And the conversation was a very truth is relative kind of a conversation. I think, I can't remember what she studies. But like, yeah, but like who says that, that all road or like Jesus is the only way? What about other, other, other mediums? And so they believe in a higher power. They believe in God. And, but who says that Jesus is the only way? Um, doesn't all roads lead them? Like, well, we have, we have this long conversation. And I, I tell her that, okay, but you can't put Christianity in, in that box of the everything goes box. Because certain claims that Jesus makes in the Bible disqualifies you throwing him in that box. Because he says explicitly, I'm the only way, the only truth, and the only life, and nobody comes to the Father except through me. And that was kind of the, the, the hinchpin of this conversation. And so now, now I want to just, I, I thought I was going to make a very simple point, which wasn't as simple. And I said, um, do you believe that there is truth? And then there's something that's not true. I was just, I was just expecting a yes answer. Um, <laughs> and she said, I believe there are many truths. I was like, what do you mean? And I took out a pen. I said, do you agree this pen is orange? She says, not necessarily. <laughs> I was like, okay, what are you saying? So we have this long conversation just about truth. I, I thought it was like it'd be a five-second just yes answer, and I can make my point. And uh, and then there's a lot on this relativity theory of everything is relative. Who says? And she she says, "Yeah, but your yeah, things are all relative." And I I threw out this one. I'm like, "Are you absolutely sure about that?" Um, and anyway, later on in the conversation. Later on in the conversation, I realized that um, I'm moving away from loving these people towards wanting to try and prove a point. Um, and we weren't actually connecting with their hearts. Uh, so we were asking, is there anything we can pray for you guys for? No, nothing. Okay, all right. And, uh, and they wanted to be left alone. There are other conversations that were more successful than that. Um, but that, w- that was kind of one of the experiences at Vits. Later on in the week, we are at UJ. Uh, we had lunch our church, but before we came, we went early to UJ, and we had this <laughs> kind of the same thing. But I-, I told them the culture at UJ and the culture at Vits is not the same. There's and you kind of pick up pick it up in the in the spirit. Um, and I'll tell you about why. Um, at another at another stage, it's just a little bit to do with the legacy and just the spiritual dynamics there. People are generally more open to talk about God at UJ than at Vits. Um, but 
Having said that, there's quite a mixture within church in, in UJ. And uh, again, <laughs> so to confess, I wasn't really looking forward to reaching out on that Friday morning. Uh, so we at the campus, and I kind of send the team off and say, I'll join up with you guys just now. I'm just going to go see somebody at Student Affairs. So I go to Student Affairs. He's not there. So I join up with Louis and Devault. We're going to go do the setup, okay, but the venue is still occupied. So we're just going to go grab something to eat so long. Um, so you go to the student center. I lose them somewhere. And I get my lunch, and I go sit somewhere on my own because I'm not very list to reach out now. So I go sit on this bench on my own. And five minutes down the line, three people come in. And because I'm sitting like halfway in the sun, halfway not. And uh, they ask, can they sit there? There's another bench there, but it's not in the sun. So they say, no, they want to sit here. Well, they kind of have this conversation. No, well, you can sit here. And I'm like, go for it. And they, they were in mid-conversation anyway. And they just continued their conversation. And they're talking about spirituality and Christianity. And so... So, he, the guy switches languages every now and then between English and I'm not sure whether it was Zulu. Or whatever, but so, so, I couldn't follow everything that he was saying. So, I'm trying to figure out, I'm just, I'm just eating my chips and my hamburger. Um, and, and I'm just trying to, I'm listening and I'm trying to figure out who's making what point here. And uh, so, at some stage, I just ask, so what are you guys talking about? <laughs> as, as if I didn't know. Um, and they were like, well, I'm like, I, I could hear, obviously, what you're talking about, but I couldn't hear what you say all of the time because you switch languages. And this girl turns to me and says, like, what do you believe? <laughs> so I asked her a question back. <laughs> I was like, it depends. <laughs> um, the, the, the conversation there hinged on, um, he was making points about spirituality and ancestral worship and, and all so, sorts of uh, those kinds of beliefs, a little bit of a mixture. And she was, later on in the conversation, I could come to that, she said it, so she's agnostic. Agnostic meaning that she's not sure. She doesn't know whether there is a God or not. She's not atheist, meaning they believe there is no God. She just didn't know anymore. She, had, she grew up a little bit more traditional, uh, traditional church setting. But now she's, she's confused, so now I'm kind of gauging where this conversation is at. So I just, I just asked a question, um, and they're trying to figure out, okay, but oh, one of the things that he was saying is that Christianity got imposed on the African people when colonialism came in, which I, I understand what he's saying. That is how Christianity came in, um, but... He is seeing out of a religious spectrum kind of a way, not necessarily out of a living relationship with God, the Almighty, the real God. So I, I just kind of throw it out there and I say, okay, but you know Christianity doesn't come from England, right? Or Europe. It comes from the Middle East. You're aware of that. So it doesn't come from a white guy. <laughs> like, because I said, in order to get to the answers that you're looking for, you need to go further back, beyond apartheid, beyond colonialism, beyond all of that, um, and, and go and look at where does Christianity actually come from. 
and I could see him like, yeah, okay, that make, they make sense. Um, and I said, do you, do you agree that there is, there's enough proof in the world that Jesus existed, right? Think for a moment, I'm, uh, like normally when people think, I'm like, what year is it now? 2017. 2017, what? After Christ. Oh. <laughs> okay. So there's enough evidence that just outside of the Bible evidence, some people just need to get that. Like, I'm not just talking about Scripture here. I'm just talking outside of biblical, outside of the Bible. This is just history we're talking about. So Jesus lived. So I said, but in order to get to you the answer, like, is G, like what did Jesus do? Why did he do it? You need to go even further back. So we backtracked all the way to Genesis 1. <laughs> They're like God creating the heavens and the earth in six days, the fall in Adam and Eve. Like, you need to kind of start there. Where do we come from? Humans, where do we come from? You need to start there, and then you need to ask your question, okay, but where are we going when you die? Like, it's great to have a conversation about, yes, but... Christianity came in here and spirituality this and all of that. Like just we you need to kind of go back to the beginning and you need to kind of investigate the end. And I said that you guys are asking great questions. So by this time they didn't still didn't realize that I'm a pastor, okay? Um I loved her question though, because I asked, What do you guys study? And I said, I think she studied law and she was third year. And she asked me, What do I study? She's got a future ahead of her. Um, anyway, so um, no, so, so I didn't say that I'm no, I'm a pastor now. I just said that well, um, I studied accounting in Stellenbosch. Studied accounting, I qualified as a chartered accountant. So okay, cool. Then I said no, but now I work with people, and then we carried on the conversation. Um, Anyway, so we had the long conversation, but after a while, I could realize that this guy is not really liking what I'm saying, where she was very interested in what I was saying. And, and I could have like, gone guns blazing in the, into this conversation as well, and I just realized that that, that's, that wasn't the point of this conversation, that this girl has got a lot of questions, and she's really seeking truth. And uh, eventually, eventually it came out, and I said, no, I'm a, I'm, I'm a pastor now. And she was like... Well, that's a coincidence. I'm like, maybe. <laughs> and uh, I just said, like, you know what? I can see that you've got a lot of questions. I, I really have to go now because lunch hour church is about to start. And um, I really got to go now. And give you, like, my details and give you, like, a business card. And said, if you want to continue this conversation, just give me a, give me a buzz and, and we can continue this conversation. Um, and I, I gave a kind of a welcome thing. She asked for it. I said, it's a little bit more details about the church, but for where you are right now, coming to church might not be the best idea. Um, you've got a lot of questions about God, about church, about all sorts of things. Coming to church might not be the best idea for you right now. Let's meet up over coffee and let's, let's talk a little bit about the questions that you have. And, and the reason I, I kind of share a little bit of the story is that often we go in guns blazing. Can I show you the love of Jesus? And we go like, you're a sinner, you need a savior. Da, 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 da. And people are like, what? 
Um, and and there is, there is, there's obviously those, those elements are important when we do converse with people. Um, but we need to connect with people's hearts. And I've done it wrong many times. Um, um, but, but at the same time, we need to build bridges to the hearts of people. Um, we've started with leadership development at UJ as well with all of their student societies' leadership. It's an amazing opportunity because the guys at Student Affairs, I've, like, I've just thrown it out there over the last two years. I've thrown it out there and said, hey, we are here. We don't just want to come in and we, we want to give back to the university. And um, so I said, we want to we, we help you guys with leadership development. Now, for me, in my mind, is I, even though we're not preaching Jesus there, at those leadership development. Uh, Christine did this last session, and I did two weeks ago, did a session. And just sharing, just, I didn't share Jesus, but I shared biblical principles because that works. Like time management, just manage your time well, know yourself well, um, that kind of a thing. And I can stand up there and I can start talking about Jesus and that door's going to close shut, boom. And I can't get to those people anymore. So those are really... Moments where it's setting up, it's building bridges to people's hearts. Because people come to us afterwards like, yo, that was amazing. And this guy at Student Affairs wants us to work towards rolling out a program for the whole university, uh, not to the, just the student societies, to all of the residences and the three other UJ campuses as well. And so you can see the... So, so I'm not saying always go into every conversation guns blazing. We need to be wise in how we build bridges uh, for the gospel into people's, to people's hearts as well. Um, but at the, other, the, the other side is sometimes we're just too afraid that we're going to be rejected. Um, we, went to, we went to Zanspreit on Saturday uh, with, the, with the Tanzania team and I'm going to it's the last story, then I'll share the last scripture, is um, we, went to, we went to Zanspreit and reached, reached out there, and also just such a different spiritual climate, but I had this conversation with this one guy, who's, he was drinking his beer, um, sitting, he, he and his buddy had both a beer, we come to him, and uh, like, oh, how's it going, and yeah, okay, um, and like, you know why we, or you want to know why we're here? And he's like, I'm hoping that you guys are going to make me happy. <laughs> I'm like, how can we make you happy? Like, uh, well, I only have this one beer. Maybe if you give me 20 bucks, I'll have more. <laughs> I'm like, okay, fair. Um, I'm like, if I can give you 20 bucks and make you happy for the afternoon or can give you a million bucks and can make you happy for the rest of the year, which one would you choose? He's like... 20 rand. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think you understood my question. <laughs> so I rephrased. He's like, yeah, no, the, the million bucks. I'm like, if I can give you a million bucks or give you something that will last you for the rest of eternity, which one will you choose? It was like, it was a little bit of a dirt question, obviously. And uh, so like, we, we want to come and share a little bit just about, about, about just what happens after this life. What happens and. And this guy, he grew up a little bit in church. His grandmother took him to church. And, and so he had a lot of that background. And it's just like, yeah, he hasn't gone to church in a long time. I'm like, you know going to church is not going to save you, right? 
Um, it's being right with God that saves you. Going to church is a consequence of being right with God. Um, and yes, you can meet God at church, but that is not... So we had a long conversation as well. But the thing is, we have... Like, God has saved each and every one of us. And we lose sight of that sometimes, often. And, uh, and people around us, in their masses, are heading to hell. Do we care enough about that? Do we care enough that our cousin or our brother or our mother or our colleague or the beggar coming to our house or our gardener or our best friend from school, do we care enough to try and build bridges to love them so that we can actually share eternal life with them? What is eternal life? Jesus says that it is to know the Father. And a lot of people live for the one day when I die, then I will be with the Father. But Jesus says that this is eternal life, to know the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. People can have eternal life this side of eternity. And we have that, and we should share that with people. Just be wise in the way that we obviously approach it. But I just let the love of God compel us to share that with people. And I'm not, I'm not I'm really not talking down on you. I'm talking, I'm talking with myself here as well. Like our gardener has actually come to church once or twice. Um, in the beginning of the year, I told him that, uh, would you be keen to do, we've got a discipleship book, uh, Walking with Jesus, like a 40-day thing. I'm like, would you be keen to do this? And he's like, yes, yes. So I get him one, and where are we now? August. We still haven't actually had our first Context session. So the reason I say that is to just say, like, I'm talking to myself here as well. Do I, like, when he comes, can I just set an hour aside and just just talk with him and, and walk him through what does it mean to be born again? What is it, why do we get baptized? Who is the Holy Spirit? Um, how, how, does, how does this work? Okay, in closing... I realize, okay, the, 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 this last slide is we, we um, a couple of weeks ago, spoke about crossing the Jordan, and this is kind of the last slide out of, out of that as well. In sharing the love of God with people, we need to have courage because there is risk involved, and it's risk of getting rejected. And I just want to say that if you get rejected, it does not mean you're doing it wrong. Jesus got rejected. Okay? And Jesus says that because the world hated me, they will hate you as well. Okay? Obviously, don't be stupid. Okay? Don't be foolish in the way that we present it and that kind of a thing. But at the same time, don't be afgeskrik. Don't like, think you're doing, that, that there's something wrong with you because you get rejected. You are going to be rejected at times. But I would rather have somebody go to hell with the truth, having decided for themselves, than not having shared that truth with them ever. Amen? Okay, so let, like, you can go and read through that whole passage of Joshua 1, but I just want to kind of highlight, this is the conversation that God had with Joshua. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. Be strong and very courageous. And then there's a long conversation that God has with them. Be careful to obey. And he says, everything that I've commanded you, etc. And at the end of that conversation, he says again, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So here's my last question, and then I'm going to close for us. So how is your upward relationship? I was talking in the right in the beginning. I was talking about upwards, inwards, and outwards. How is your upward relationship? How is your relationship with God? Are you in a good space with God? Okay, don't look at your circumstances to determine whether you're in a good space with God. Okay, like look here inside. Am I in a good? Uh, am I in Christ? Do I love God with everything that I have? Make like make that. Right, if it's not. How's your relationship inward with community, with godly community, with church? And I want to encourage you, if you've been visiting either first time or for a few times and you're kind of checking it out, you're welcome to do that. We love having you here. But I want to encourage you to go deeper in relationship, whether it is here or whether it's in another congregation. Like, go deeper in relationship with people because their iron sharpens iron. Iron doesn't get sharpened there. It gets sharpened here. It's in relationship, in close relationship. That's why, there's a big reason why we do small group. It's so that we can form, get to know one another in that sense and support one another. Okay, so how is your relationship inward? And then how is your relationship outward? Often that's like the ugly duckling of the three. People, don't, people and it's, it's natural. We, we connect with God first and we connect with His community and and, and sometimes we resist, we resist going out or we resist praying for people. I want to just encourage you to start praying for the people. Say, oh, God, I know that I should love these people, but I re- that, that person really annoys me. <laughs> Help me to love the way you love. Help me to build a bridge of love towards the heart of people so that we can minister your love to people and minister reconciliation to you, to people. When you start to pray for people, then all, all of a sudden like put up this facade and like, like God, save that person. Yes, just pray that. But at the same time, God ask God, how do you want to use me in this? I'm available if you want to use me. Like almost without fail, if I in the beginning of the week ask God, Lord, send me a divine appointment with somebody this week. Almost without fail, it happens that week. Last story in closing. How are we doing in time? Are we... Is the chicken burning? No, it's not. Okay, last story, and then I'm going to pray for us. Best evangelism stories is always on an airplane. Okay? Uh, flying down from mission, or flying back from missions, and I was still a student. We went, to, we went to missions in India, and we come back, and uh, I think it was... My mom stayed in Pretoria, so I was flying back to, to Stellenbosch, or the other way around, I can't remember. But now I'm sitting, I'm sitting in the airplane, and it so happens that I sit next to a guy that I used to play cricket with at school. We, we played provincial cricket together, so, and he's also studying in Stellenbosch. And uh, so, so I just come back from missions, okay? So I did my part for reaching out. 
right? I just want to have a peaceful flight. And, like, I hear the Holy Spirit just talking to my heart, like, talk, talk to Him um, about me. So I'm like, but he's sleeping. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm all right. So I just hear this nagging, like, talk, talk to him. I'm like, um, I'm going to do this. Like, and, and this is what we often do. Like, God, if that is you, <laughs> you've done this, right? Yeah. I'm like, so you kind of put it out there. Like I say, God, if, if, it is, if you really want me to talk to him, wake him up and let him start the conversation. I mean, there's not, there's not one minute and he starts fidgeting. So I'm looking like that and I'm just like, okay. And, um, and he sits up straight and he's like struggling to sleep. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then we start with talking about our holiday. Okay, like that's... Having gone on missions, it's a nice conversation starter, like just on this holiday, university holiday, just went to, anyway, long conversation. Point I'm making is that if we are available, God will use us. Are you available? Whether it's to your brother in Christ or whether it's to the person out there, God will use you if you're available. If you make yourself available to minister love towards people, he will use you. We can get very bogged down in our 8 to 5, our routines. Ask God to open up your eyes to see people, to see the needs of people. Um, most often, not everyone, but a lot of times, especially if you have a relationship with someone, if you ask them, can I pray for you for something? Is there something I can pray for you for? Nine times out of ten, they'll say yes. That communicates love. Even if they don't believe in Jesus. Um, let me pray for us. Father, I want to trust this morning, God, that, that you would break open every one of our hearts to love people unconditionally. Pray, God, that you would help us to overcome our fears, our fear of rejection, our fear of failure. And Lord, I pray even that you would set us free from having to perform. Lord, it's not about performance. And therefore, I pray that you would just like flood our hearts with your love. That we have a revelation of who we are in Christ because of a revelation of your love for us. But also have a revelation of your love for the people out there that do not know you. Help us to minister your love. Lord Jesus, we want to say, if you resonate with this and just agree with us in your heart and maybe just say softly amen but Lord Jesus we want to make ourselves available to be used by you we might say the wrong things we might not have all of the words but we just want to say Lord your spirit in us is greater than he that is in the world and we just want to be used by you Lord yes help us to be equipped help us to understand just your gospel better etc Lord we pray that you would compel us by love for you and a love for people to cross social boundaries so that we can actually reach people's hearts with the love of Christ. Help us to see people 
Help us to see people the way you look at people. Break our hearts for the people that do not know you. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your love for us. And I want to pray specifically this protection over every person here going out. There are going to be times, Lord, where you say where you said the world will hate us because they hated you first. There are going to be those times. And I want to just pray, God, that when we encounter those times, that people will just so experience your closeness in those moments. In the breakthrough of, of people committing their lives to Christ, but also in the times when we get rejected because of the word of God. Help us to love our wives and our children unconditionally. Help us to build them up. Help us to build one another up. Help us for our relationships upwards, inwards, and outwards. We thank you that your grace is enough and enables us to live out your call in our lives. And everybody said, Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Johannesburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.